Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome, everyone, to the Movie Machine Podcast presented by Hot Chocolate Media. I'm your moderator today, Kyle Decker, and I am honored to be joined by three Hollywood luminaries here to create a film for you based on a random prompt from the internet. I have our writer, Ben Lifson, who is the script doctor on Marvel's Iron Fist. Good work there, buddy. Our director, David McKay, who's Dolph Lundgren's tanning buddy. And our producer, Jacob Gulliver, who's the social media director for the Emoji Movie. You typed lots of words for that one, didn't you? I'm making an emoji, but you can't see it because this is a podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, writer, Ben, you ready for your prompt? Yep. The theme of your story is epic crime thriller. The main characters are a committed alien and a militant psychologist. The major event of the story is discovery. So, i thinking... Act one is going to start where the psychiatrist, there's this really weird person who keeps coming, you know, and obviously a psychiatrist is used to dealing with strange people, but it's getting more and more bizarre. And at the end of the act one, it turns out it's because it's an alien who's trying to learn how to talk to humans and is using the psychiatrist to get that. The alien, you know, he's going by the name John, because he thinks that that's, you know, a human name. We're not going to have him be called John Doe, because that's way too obvious. But John Smith. Well, not John Smith, because that was a person. John Williams. That's also a person. We're going with that one. Um, (laughs) Though, I think every last name with John, I could think of somebody. And so the psychiatrist, um, and I guess you could also say this is sort of partial crime, partial political thriller, because the alien has been slowly like leeching off of, um, like has been making psychic contacts and psychic connections with this psychiatrist. And that's kind of driving them crazy. And they think that the military, they finally find this alien and they're after the psychiatrist too, because he's so embroiled with this and they need to bring him in. And so it's kind of, they're on the run, they're hiding uh, from all of this and they're trying to piece together, you know, kind of, I guess, the conspiracy right now because the alien he knows he's an alien but he still doesn't know all he remembers is breaking out up from a lab and actually what kind of makes it you know this sort of a crime thriller or a mystery is it turns out in the end that he's not even an alien he's more of a, a military experiment and so it's kind of trying to peel back the layers of the conspiracy yeah kind of a thriller maybe Winter Soldier-ish, except without superheroes and anything like that movie. Other than the fact that it was a political thriller with a conspiracy, I don't know why I chose that as an example. But anyway, yeah, I think it's going to be very epic, going to keep the audience guessing, because it has two twists. You know, like, the weird guy's an alien, and then he's not actually an alien. What's the name? Uh, The name of it is Psychopass. Like, Psycho and then P-A-S-S? Yeah. Psychopass? So, director David, uh, you have a script in hand called Psychopass. Uh, It's been written on a vintage typewriter, and uh, it's delivered to you by a courier wearing a tinfoil hat to protect him from the the radio waves from the government. Uh, So, 
it's about an alien who's not an alien, but a genetic government experience and peeling back the layers. Does that ah, sound right? Mm-hmm. All right. And and you have two characters who you have a psychologist and the alien, not alien. Yeah. Or did you even create a psychologist? Oh yeah, no, the psychologist. His name can be Jesse Brown. Jesse Brown and John Williams are our characters. All right, yeah. director. That's All what right. you got to work with. All right, I'm seeing Jesse Brown as a female character. We're going to make it a strong female lead. There's not going to be a romance in here, though. We're going to play this completely straight. It's the the psychologist is just has empathy towards John Williams, but not the musician, the, the, the character. And she embraces this relationship, but it's not going to be a romance. Everyone's going to be like, why don't they get together? And that's great. I'm completely okay with that, that they're going to be like, they got to get them together. And they in, that will actually fuel the sequel because we're totally running sequel on this. Because it starts with this, we peel back the layers, and then we kind of launch an entire series off of it or whatnot. But I'm going to make this movie basically the springboard for something epic. And with that in mind, I need a, I need a good lead that looks already like an alien. But if I use the same guy they used for Ape Sapien, that's just too easy. I can't use the guy that did Vision. I got to find someone like that that's unknown. Some scrawny actor from England with a British accent. It sells in America. It'll be great. So I got to find I got to pitch it and find some guy that meets that bill. So we're gonna find some some maybe a lesser Hemsworth or something like that. Are there scrawny Hemsworths? So we'll find a, a lesser Hemsworth to, to helm this as the alien, and then we'll find some lesser-known female lead that's quirky, that, that, that everybody really can get behind, but doesn't really smile a lot because that sells apparently right now. So we'll, we'll put the lines into her, and she'll just say them out in a monotone, and then we'll make it make it like she's deeply thinking about what's going on with this mystery. It'll be great. We're going to set this all up. And we're going to shoot it in a single room with the suspense that people are getting close. But it'll be, you know, it'll be great because it'll be done all with steady cam because every or no steady cam. It'll be shaky cam because everyone loves that. So we'll do that. No lens flares, though. No lens flares. None at all. Not a single lens flare. We'll use natural lighting. It'll be great. It'll be gritty, moving. You'll, we'll get in close for his emotional responses, and then we'll get in close for her stony responses. It'll be like the worst silent movie ever when we focus in on her. It'll be it'll be a great kind of genre movie for that. And then when it gets time, we can shoot him running out and just kind of leave it wondering what happened to him in the end. I think that will actually wrap it up really well. We don't have to tell him how it ends because then that if the movie doesn't go from there, we can sell it as that's how it was supposed to end, but if we can get the sequel, we can run with the sequel. It'll be great. I think you've got a good start here with this right up. I just need to run with it. All right, Producer Jacob, you've got the uh, first pass and treatment for Psycho Pass. Basically, the whole movie takes place in, like, one London flat, starring a to-be-determined-by-the-studio obscure <laughs> British actor and actress of your choice because the director doesn't really care as long as they're unknowns. So it's sounding kind of low budget, but it's ultimately up to you. Uh, do you make this thing make some money? Yeah, so I mean, I'm 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 gonna try and go a direction away from the emoji movie here and try try and make something a little bit more on the the indie scale. And I think we got some great things going for us in that regard. Um, you know, we we've got a cool story. It's kind of cerebral about the the psychologist and this alien guy, and I think that that can work as a fun little indie piece. There's a lot of problems, though, so we're going to have to fix a lot to get this going. 
first off, the title is the same as one of these animes. We've seen these anime things, Japanese cartoons. So we, we got to change that. My, my nephew was very upset when I told him I was working on Psychopaths and it was not an adaptation of the anime. So you'll have to fix that. For our lead guy, I, I'm going to get you Mackenzie Crook. He was in uh, Pirates movies. He's been in a bunch of British stuff. Kind of a hollow-looking face. Kind of a spooky dude. He also has very good comedic timing. So if you want to venture into the dark comedy sort of area, I'm sure he could be able to handle that really, really well. I think he should keep his, his English accent as well. So that would be kind of cool. And then our psychologist, I'm going to get you CCH Pounder. She's going to be great. She's going to totally jump in on this. We can keep the, the actors low budget. We can keep everybody keep everybody's paychecks reasonably low. Uh, they both have genre experience, so they're not going to like, you know, half-ass it because there's an alien in there. And uh, I think we can, we can sell on that note. I love the idea of, you know, naturalistic lighting. That, that makes things easy budget-wise. I love the idea of, you know, more handheld stuff. We don't have to spend as much time every day getting everything set up and getting all this gear going. But we, we definitely need to hire somebody who knows what they're doing. We don't want any, like, you know, goofy fucking around sort of cinematography where they're just shooting whatever because, well, it's not on a tripod, so whatever. No, we want to make sure that we're actually capturing the important stuff and when it's when we're getting into the... Uh, you know, up close stuff. We can't be, you know, floating around as much with the camera. I want to make sure it's it's more more focused on those those characters. I need to know a little bit more about like what happens in the the rest of this movie. Like, I think we've we've got a little bit of plot details going on, but not a whole lot. I think we we kind of need to fill in some more of these blanks before I can send it out the door. Uh, for right now, I'm going to give you kind of an indie budget. We'll put it right around twenty million. And uh, if you if you got a few more things that you think could you know push it into the mainstream, then I can add more money. Or if you want to keep it trim and tight, we can get it out the door and make everybody a good paycheck. What was the budget on this again? Twenty million. Twenty million. All right. Back to the writer. You have a cast: Mackenzie Crook and CCH Founder. You basically have the British Dwight from The Office playing your alien, so that's not too shabby. And you have a veteran uh, genre actor playing your psychologist. So. You got a modest budget, but you're only filming in one room. The studio wants more in the story. So what do you add? So, okay. So, yeah, I'm definitely uh, rewriting this. I had imagined more locations, but with the one location, I'm going to have to really revamp this a bit. So first off, I'm thinking, so this is really, we're going to not go as much into the conspiracy as much because we can't really have them investigating. So I want this to really be more of a suspenseful movie where through most of the movie, you're not sure if he actually is an alien or like he thinks he's an alien, but he, this guy could just be completely insane. So you're not sure. So there's going to be a lot of going back and forth, just going into their psych. A lot of this is going to be pretty dialogue heavy. I'm going to say, um, I think we're still going to have the, the alien use some of his psychic abilities to help sort of envision or show the psychologist what he's thinking or what he's feeling and even maybe make the psychiatrist start to see some of their own visions and past. And that can also add to it, like, is it really psychic or are they both going mad? Um, I'm going to also add a subplot to, or an explanation, like uh, the psychiatrist, you know, has been injured, you know, a broken leg or whatever to explain why. And so that way we can have some scenes still in the flat but keep her there, you know, and she can't really go out. So uh, we can have some scenes before the, the alien 
or um, I'm sorry, uh, John Williams comes. Um, and I'm going to also throw in a couple ref- more references to the fact that like, it's like John Williams, like the composer sort of thing. And it's going to be ultimately because the alien just picked that name because, you know, he saw it like John Williams is a good composer and that's a good name, human name. So yeah, just go into the psyche of both these people. I still want to keep it mostly ambiguous and I want to throw in little nuggets to help disprove the fact that he's an alien throughout the film, just to keep the audience sort of guessing. I've written a lot of dialogue. I also would recommend uh, letting the actors sort of ad lib. Obviously that's up to you ultimately, but I think that, yeah, you can get some really powerful performances from these people. The new name? Oh, right. Crossroads of Two Minds. Right. So, director, you've got a new name for the film, Crossroads of Two Minds. You've been given your cast by the studio. Uh, you Basically, the writer has triggered this more to be kind of a back-and-forth dialogue film between your main two actors with flashbacks and mind control stuff. You like where this is going? You got your $20 million budget. How you feeling? I got to change that title. Crossroads of Two Minds, they're going to think it's too cerebral. I don't want that. I want more people to go in there thinking that this is going to be like like a great, epic running around movie, even though then when they find out that half of the movie's done in a single room, they're going to be like, what? But no, that's fine. But we got to get minds out of there, like Crossroads of the Eye or something like that. It'll just weird off the top. top. We'll just call it that, Crossroads of the Eye. And then, fine, we'll run with that. I like, I like the choices that we got back, uh, Mackenzie Crook and CCH Pounder, it's perfect. Now they're depth characters, they can really, we, get, we, do, we do everything with normal equipment, but then we edit in shakiness for the, for the intense moments, like why they're going into their psyche, uh, it, it causes the whole screen to shake, why these images are going through. But we don't do too much shooting offset to produce these images, it'll just be mostly like white space with their their minds and 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 people talking so that we don't have to shoot a lot of uh, exotic locales or set up any exact exotic sets and stuff like that and then there'll be scenes where he's going out and she doesn't know where he is because she's injured and he comes back and she's not even sure if he really is who she say says he is so like you like we were saying there's a mystery is he really alien is he not an alien and in the end you know she gets to the point where she can call in the police to save her and to stop him and does she do it you know oh does she does she turn him in does she not because we want to make this a thriller like oh do do i turn him in or and save myself or is he really an alien or is he human where is this coming from where did this guy come from there's just so many questions that are never answered we, we want this to be the constant buzz on the internet where everyone throws out these theories on what the real movie means like it's a deep heavy onion that they have to peel away all the layers and we're not giving them enough information so they can make up their own wild stories and then we can do junkets after the movie are out and we can release little nuggets of well that's really where i was going whichever way it's popular and just try to feel the fire and it'll be great it'll be amazing we don't even have to be that creative we let them do the creative work and then we just land the flames this as long as we can get the, the producer to just sell this as a psycho thriller, it will be amazing and we can do great work. And then we're obviously going to release this late in the season, right? So that we can get an Oscar nod on it because we want to get both of these guys up on the top. It'll be great. This movie is going to be one that will be talked about to the end of time and then a couple days afterwards. All right, producer Jacob, you've got the movie's now called Crossroads of the Eye. 
there's a whole setting up debate whether it's alien or not and basically creating a faux controversy is kind of what the the film the cut you're given leans on how you feeling you know, we can't call it Crossroads of the Something unless it's going to be followed by featuring Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Because that sounds like a TV special or like, you know, something that some scientists would do. I, I can't I can't really sell that. If we want it to be, you know, something that's sort of a thinky movie, we can use a big word. Or if we want it to be something we can sell like across, we can use a small world word. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, bicameral which references the conscious and subconscious of the mind and also references that there are two elements in this film interacting with each other. And I think my my biggest thing that I want to do is uh, hire Shane Carruth, who is the director of Primer and Upstream Color, both very thinky movies with a little bit of sci-fi elements in them. Uh, I want him to do some consult work for us on this piece. Um, make sure that, you know, we don't venture too far into, like, the weird and make it, you know, really clean and tight so that we get the... And we also want to bring in, like, some of his audience because, you know, people like his movies, so... Are, are you usurping me from my position? <clears throat> now, I'm not saying, like, you're fired. I'm just saying he's going to consult for I us. just got fired. You, you did not get fired. <laughs> I'm just bringing in a consultant. <laughs> All right? Basically, we just want to try and bring in some of his audience, make sure that the... The type of movie we want to make is is what we are actually selling at the end of the day. I don't understand why people like these kinds of movies, but I think I think I can sell one if we get the right people to do it. So, go ahead, bring bring them in. I think that there should be a little bit less of like the floating white space stuff and a little bit more of like interacting in the w- real world. So we still want it to be kind of grounded. So I want to make sure we get some more scenes with like them interacting with people and doing things outside of their interactions with each other. To keep that kind of like thriller element going, but also make sure that it's a very real world and that the characters are, are believable there. And I think, you know, we can maybe increase the budget a little bit, maybe add another 5 to 10 if we can get some really good in-world stuff. But, you know, if, if you don't think that's possible, that's fine. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say let's do it. Let's, let's pour in a little bit extra money. Let's get out in the real world more. Let's get uh, a few more people on board. Maybe we can get some more B or C list character actors to... To show up and do, you know, give a, a master class in cameo for two or three minutes on screen. Those interactions with these people. I think it'll work. All right. So just, uh, I, I got to finalize a few things uh, before I put this in the movie machine. The title is Bicameral. And Shane Carruth is, is an advisor, but how is he credited in the film? Uh, he's going to be an associate producer. Associate producer Shane Carruth. All right. So, uh, I'm going to put this in the movie machine, I'm going to pull the lever, and it sounds like creepy, old-timey theremin music. And it comes back. The movie machine, uh, speaking of the Emoji movie, you'll be familiar with this, meh. So, it's kind of, he's one of the main characters. You get some people debate, the only people who really debate, like, the true meaning of the film, whether it's alien, are the fanboys who think Christopher Nolan movies are super deep and only smart people understand them, those are the only people debating this movie. So it's literally like 50 dude bros who think they know everything about movies, and they blow up Twitter over it because they're very active. And like every woman who who thinks, you're just dumb and you don't understand movies like this. The Shane Carruth fans are a little, they're, un- they're like, eh, this is kind of like his movies, but not as weird. Like it's not weird enough for Shane Carruth fans. 
So it does okay. Uh, Drew McWeeny, uh, the film critic, says it was like, Never have I seen a movie trying to say so much, and it says so little. But you're able to use it as a tagline, because you cut it off, and it's like, never have I seen a movie say so much. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. That's what you put on all the the posters and everything. So, uh, knowing that, starting with our writer, how are you? uh, Do we make our money back? The movie breaks even, but not much more. It gets... uh, Oscar nomination for supporting actor for uh, CCH Pounder, but she does. She's not even in contention. It's, she's one of those lucky to be nominated actors because they got to not. You know what I mean? She's never in contention, but you get a nomination. People suspect she's like a token person of color nomination. There's that thing sitting in there. Her perform that one, the one thing is consistent. The performances are great. The script is considered vapid and empty. So, all right, that's the writer. Okay, well, um, I realize I might have been a bit too subtle in certain areas. I wanted to have a realistic look into the psyche of two human beings, not characters. And I appreciate the people who understood that, but I'm guessing some people didn't. So, I guess I shall have the characters... I I don't want to have the characters literally explain how they feel, because that'll feel weird... So we're going to have those moments where the psychic contact, um, there's sometimes little moments where people say explicitly what they mean and they, or what exactly what they're thinking. And even though it's, it's kind of like the lasso of truth kind of thing, like you might be a bit more honest than you normally would want to be. We'll throw in little moments like that. And, you know, we'll ha- so to, I don't want to say explain it better, but yeah, explain it better to the dummies. And that way it'll exist in universe. So hopefully more people will not think that nothing is happening. I guess we can have um, a little bit more action as well. You know, it's not going to affect the plot too much, but some of their moments where they flash back to, you know, this is what happened. And, you know, maybe a moment where uh, our male hero uh, got injured or was in the middle, was being chased by people after a crime. You know, especially now that we have that little extra budget. I'm going to keep a lot of the subtleties to it, but make it a bit more accessible. All right. Director, one of your actors did get an Oscar nom, but otherwise your film is five years from after it comes out is basically forgotten. So do you want to do anything to try and oh, escape that? railroaded in the middle of the production by the freaking producers. No, you know what? It, it's too subtle. And I tried to do a, a, a piece with characters and... And, and and the right the writing was there, and I just couldn't produce what I needed. So that's it. I'm just gonna go full on freaking lens flare the crap out of this thing. I'm gonna go all CGI. I'm gonna bring it into an actual thriller. We're gonna leave the flat. This is the time machine. I'm going back and redoing the whole thing. That it is turns into the action phenomenon of the year. We're gonna bring back the release date to freaking July, and we're gonna make it beat Transformers right out of the freaking. <laughs> out of the theaters and I'll need more money <laughs> the na- the title doesn't work because it tells you it's a period piece that's why she got the nod but it you know it was just it just wasn't enough I wanted it to be epic and never forgotten I wanted it to be a cult classic I gotta go big with this to make it a cult classic and apparently everyone just likes explosions and lens flares so I gotta do explosions and lens flares and that's so you change the title what do you change it to dodge this why not just abomination of creativity? <laughs> All right, isn't that what everything in Hollywood ends up so, becoming? So, <laughs> producer Jacob, 
like through the time warp, you're given a, a new print of the movie. Well, it, it's a hard drive because it's filmed digital, and it's just like 85 minutes of masturbatory effects that aren't quite finished because they didn't quite have a budget to do like the real detailed texture mapping. So it kind of looks like a 90s CGI extravaganza almost. Not quite Escape from LA bad, but it's flirting with that territory and the CGI quality because that's all the budget they had. And there's literally, the it only runs for 85 minutes and your two actors, CCH Founder and Mackenzie Crook, are on screen for a total of 15 minutes because the rest is CGI robots from space. And it's called Dodge This. How do you feel? Well, I got some good news and some bad news for you, Andrew. So the the good news is I'm totally going to repackage this wild, crazy mess you've made as like a Netflix original whatever movie that I'm going to spin off and do all that. The bad news is the studio owns that footage and you're fired. So uh, I was fired. You're not getting anything from that. So, but you know, your name will be on it, so that's nice. This movie, we're gonna. What I failed to realize is that you know we can make a smart movie for smart people, but a dumb movie that's trying to pretend it's a smart movie is probably gonna make us a lot more money. So what I think I'm gonna do is I'm gonna replace Andrew with M Night Shyamalan, and he is gonna make us uh, a really dumb movie with these characters. But he's gonna he's gonna make it seem like it's way smarter than it is. Are you gonna and, tell him to yeah. make a dumb movie? No. Okay. I'm just gonna let him do what he does. I'm gonna say, hey, you know, our first director didn't work out. Check this out, though. It's a pretty cool script, right? And he's be like, oh yeah, this, this is, guy's an alien. Yeah. But at the end, he's not an alien, right? Well, yeah, like, you exactly already brought the twist in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that'll work. I think we'll be able to make this this thing happen, and it. Uh, yeah, I don't really have that much of the way of other changes. I think our movie was was okay as it as it was, and you know, I'll you know we'll leave the budget fairly low, and hopefully it brings in a big chunk of money. But if it doesn't, we made even. She was the alien all along. Yeah. All right. So uh, the recalibrating the movie machine. Uh, it's not sure how to calculate making two movies out of one in your footage. So by camera, still kind of has somewhat predictable results. Critics basically say, M. Night Shyamalan, at it again. This is slightly better than some of his other crap. Eh, if you're a Shyamalan fan, go see it. Otherwise, screw this movie. Decent performances, poor direction. You know, it breaks even. Uh, no Oscar nods of any kind. And it's forgotten to a age of time. However, you're directing Netflix special effects extravaganza, Dodge This, becomes a cult classic as... Everyone, so all the fanboys of the world completely think that this is some great subversive piece of cinema of the director trying to make a 90s action film in current day. They didn't realize it was because of budget constraints, but they thought this was like an ode to night. It was like someone's like, it's like if they did the Transformers in 1995, that's awesome. And like drinking games are made out of it. So every time a robot gets decapitated, people drink and stuff, and it becomes a thing. But because he sold it to Netflix, most of the money is made on the back end selling t-shirts and, and other licensed products, which Netflix bought the rights to. So Netflix, it actually helps Netflix climb out of debt and become a profitable company because they realize they can start funding cheap genre films and then selling merchandise for it. And that becomes, you actually help Netflix 
choose their business model going forward. So your that dodge this becomes a cultural touchstone on how it changed the business of Netflix. But none of you really make any money off of it. Netflix makes all the money because you basically do those. Hey Netflix, we have this movie. We'll sell it to you for five hundred thousand bucks. I gotta go conventions and for the rest of my life. Yes, you can. You make you make good convention circuit as oh, the creator of Dodge sweet. This, uh, which also means you you re- you actually retire nicely because you have so much Hilton Honors points. You never have to pay for a flight or vacation ever again. But you always have to stay in Hiltons. <laughs> so there you have it. Two movies for the price of one. That might be a movie machine first. Buy Camel and Dodge This. Who would have thought? And as always, we end. On the words, the sage advice from Guy Fieri, her patron saint. Don't want to put my finger in that one. Thank you, everyone. We've been the movie machine. See, this is problem. All the green movies always get shot.